Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship in dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple Podcast. My name is James Johnson. And it's Christmas. And it's Christmas. Merry Christmas, Elizabeth. Merry Christmas, James <laughs> and Dr. Bill. Dr. Well, Bill, so special guest in the studio slash office today. Uh, here for the special edition Christmas episode of <laughs> Dialogic Disciple Podcast. We came in on Christmas morning just to do this. <laughs> just to yes, do we this. did That's because right. we love you. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, so today uh, I want to talk about uh, Christmas, obviously, and the 12 days of Christmas that are up ahead of us. Today um, is day one. Today is day one. We oftentimes forget that Christmas is 12 days long. It's a festival. It's not a day. Um, and so today is the kickoff. And traditionally, uh, well, at least from the secular world, today is the only day of Christmas. And tomorrow is a, is a sad Canadian holiday, Boxing Day. Uh, but <laughs> we as Christians, uh, we have a festival, you know, and we got Hanukkah beat. This is better than eight crazy nights. This is, this is 12 days of Christmas. So uh, I want to start by asking you guys what your favorite uh, Christmas story is from the past, from your childhood, from... Uh, just that you've had, brother, was it could be this year, it could be twenty years ago, whatever. But Elizabeth, let's start with you. What's your favorite Christmas story? The most magical Christmas experience I have ever had, and it shines bright in my memory to this day. I walked down to so the house that I grew up in. My room was upstairs, and as I came down the steps. Um, you know, I could peek into the living room, right? Because of the way the ceiling was, right? So you just creep down the first couple steps and that's where the living room. And I remember coming down on Christmas morning and of course, you know, in my head, it is like just completely aggrandized. It probably wasn't really like this, but you know, the tree is lit up, it's shining and there are just like presents piled up around it. And in the center, there is this little doll bed. And so, you know, the nineties, right? American Girl doll was really big. All and right. I got my first American Girl doll. She was sitting there in the little bed bed by the Christmas tree and my mom sewed and so she had made all these clothes for the doll and they were all like sitting out and it was just and I remember running downstairs and my parents bedroom was on like through the through the living room so I tore down you know I saw all the stuff it's just shining and glimmering it's magical I'm five right like this is everything you ever wanted right and I run into my parents bedroom and leap on the bed Santa Claus has been here Santa Claus has been here it was it was incredible I find out you know I'm what 32 now, 30, 31. How old am I at this point? I found out a little bit later that my mom had just finished setting everything up. Oh, really? And, and, and she got snuck back to bed? Just made it back <laughs> into the bed to pretend like she was asleep. <laughs> and that, that's when I ran in. So uh, it was just magical. That does and sound magical. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was cool. That was like the ultimate Christmas. Like, yeah, joy, magic, all the things. Uh, mine's very similar to that. I When I was... Um, I, you know, since Kiefer's come into my life, there's been a lot of great experiences with her. Um, but from my own kind of past, I was five as well. And um, it was and this. I don't know. This is kind of a melancholy one, but I, I'll, I'll talk about it anyway. Uh, <laughs> it was it was right after my parents got divorced. Uh, and it was the first Christmas that we were having at my grandmother's um, my grandmother's house. Uh, my grandmother and my grandfather's house and my dad had come to visit from nashville to muskogee oklahoma and uh it was really exciting obviously that he was there or whatever and and i just remember you know all i had uh, at that point i had a little baby brother and then a brother who's exactly one year younger than me 
Uh, and then my cousins were there, three girls, and we were all kind of crammed in this house for Christmas Eve, and we all stayed the night there. And uh, same kind of experience where you come around the corner, mm-hmm. you know, into the den, and everything's laid out, and everything's sparkling and shining, and we all, like, took pictures around the tree. And um, and I remember I got this stuffed animal, this stuffed elephant, um, and my brother got the exact same one, so I cut the bow tie Annoying. off mine. Yeah, uh, and it was my favorite, absolute favorite toy for a very long time. I named him Snarfy. Uh, after Snarf from the Thundercats, <laughs> which was a very popular show in the 80s <laughs> that I watched every day after kindergarten. Uh, and I had that thing forever. In fact, I kept it uh, and gave it to Kiefer, uh, Snarfy. Aww. I gave it to Kiefer a couple years ago for Christmas, uh, and she was less impressed about with it than I was. She was like, this is an old stuff to handle. And I was like, this is very special. And uh, I want you to have this because I had it when I was your age, when I was five. Yeah, I gave it to her when she was turned five. Yeah. Uh, and she was like, thanks, thanks, Dad. Do I get anything else? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, there's a bicycle over there. Oh I like, go on up the big gift now. But uh, anyway, both of those in connection. I, 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 um, that was a really special Christmas for me. And um, I didn't get all the, the trimmings. With, I didn't get all the, the clothes to go with my stuffed animal. But, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what about you, Bill? What's, uh, what's one of your favorite Christmas stories? Mine's a little bit more global. I may have never mentioned this to you, but I do have a granddaughter now, Hazley, who is five years old. See, magic. Five. Magic. It's, it's a magic great year. age. And total belief, total faith. Yes. yes. But to get to do with her what we do with our children at that age and yeah. reading some of the exact same books and when i don't mean i mean the exact book yes from a generation oh, that's before. very cool yeah and just to share those memories from our past and we're making new memories for her and it's just this cool continuation that you see the generations unfolding yeah yeah that's now personally uh, probably another memorable christmas was not actually what I got, but what I gave when our children were, oh goodness, in their mid-teens, my son suddenly decided we needed a dog <laughs> and an inside dog, one of the Yorkshire Terrier. Yeah. And I began to find these notes around the house from the dog. <laughs> They'd be taped on my mirror. They'd be found them in the house. But we had told them there's just no way in the world. Yeah. Well, Christmas Eve, I went up and got the puppy <laughs> and brought it back that night. And of course, it howled the whole evening, but they couldn't hear it. <laughs> But just oh, how'd uh, you pull that off? It, it we had it downstairs, and okay. I told them th- the alarm was going off at the church, and I had to leave to go see everything was okay. Oh, nice! Uh-huh. And you talk about immediate, instant love. Yeah, uh, when both of them cool. saw that dog, and Sam's still with us, fifteen years later. That's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah wow. that's really cool. Oh Aww. man, I always wanted a puppy for Christmas, never got one. Kiefer wants a cat now, which I'm pretty sure she's deathly allergic to because her mother is. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But uh, um, yeah, that's a that's a great story. Five something magical. Christmas mm-hmm. being five, being a child. You guys lose that that magic that childhood magic of christmas I, I know a lot of it's connected to if you believe in santa or not but it's not always 
I mean, that's what it was for me. Like, and I did not take it as gracefully as your daughter did. Like you write about in the devotional. Yeah. I was probably embarrassingly old when I finally figured it out because my it's like mom, last year. my mom was just, yeah, basically right. <laughs> my mom loves the magic of Christmas and she did such a good job of just making it so exciting. And you know, my, when my brother was around, you know, they did all the, the effects and the, you know, the, Oh, I thought you fell out of bed, you know, but it was Santa Claus on the, you know, Santa Claus on the roof. Right. And you know, they do the little paw prints, leave the carrots out for the reindeer and the cookies and all that stuff. My mom just really, she leaned into that a lot. And so when I got to the place where I was like, oh man, like I can tell something's up and, you know, (laughs) I finally asked her, I cried, she cried, (laughs) it was, you know, it was just just that, that breaking of that innocence and that, you know, the magic. And I mean, my mom still did an amazing job. Like our family likes Christmas and, you know, but it's something about that, you know, you lose the the mystery of it and, you know, my niece and nephew have now gotten to that age. And so at the last time we were with them for Christmas was like the last time because I think the older one is Ira she's 13 now she was you know playing along for her younger brother and so she didn't really say anything we all knew she knew and she knew that we knew that she knew kind of thing but and it was like this moment of this is the last time that it's going to be quite this magical you know because next year they're not gonna it's not gonna be there so I don't know. I mean, like, how do we how do we keep that magic as adults? You know, I mean, we talk about the difference between that season of waiting of Advent yeah. and then the magic of Christmas and the excitement and the joy that we get to have. So I don't know. What, what do you think that looks like? That shift? How, how do we shift that attitude when we don't have that magic of Santa with us? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, did, I guess the Sunday school answer is that, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. Sure. Yeah, right? yeah so, of course. Uh, it's not Santa. Yeah, Elizabeth. <laughs> Come on, right? <laughs> I I don't remember. I don't remember how old I was when I uh, found out there was no Santa. Uh, Christmas has always been really incredibly important and magical to me. It was the time when I got to spend with my my grandparents, you know, for a couple weeks there, and um, that was always like a reprieve, almost like a sanctuary from from the rest of what was happening in my life, and. Uh, it was always a time of of that magic and putting up the Christmas tree with my grandmother, you know, and and being able to pick out the Christmas uh, decorations before any of the cousins got there. So I had like a big say nice. in what was going to happen. And then me and my grandmother started watching um, It's a Wonderful Life on NBC at eight o'clock on Christmas Eve, which I've done now for like twenty three straight years, maybe I don't know. Uh, but I, I started doing that with her, and then I've uh, continued to do that. I can't wait till Kai's old enough to do that, but I don't think seven's probably way too young for a black and white film she said the other day we it starts with suicide <laughs> yeah right yeah. exactly exactly some, yeah. some dark themes there right uh, she it's said like, she said the other day she was like you know dad we, we can watch an older movie if you want like a black and white movie like from when you were a kid and i was like i was a kid in the 80s she was like yeah we're movies like black and white back and i was like oh my gosh oh, come children. on kid. but um yeah, but I do I do remember that I do remember that there was a sense of kind of loss of innocence, I guess is yeah. the way we talk about that, but um for me the magic I don't know was ever really fully into Santa Claus thing. So for me it stayed until when my grandmother passed away, um yeah. you know, 20 years ago or whatever. There was a little bit of loss in the sense because my family didn't get together anymore right mm-hmm. we didn't get together like the big family didn't get together for christmas anymore Aww. um and i started doing christmas with my friends at, at college or you know in seminary or whatever and I, I just never have really gone back to that um and there's a little bit of loss there for me i mean for yeah. sure uh in that connection in that childhood memories maybe that's what it is too maybe it's it's a loss of tradition yeah yeah, that's yeah good it speaks to it. the importance of it right we have a 
we have a way that we do things. And when that ends, when that changes, that becomes difficult and that loses some of the magic. I don't know. What do you think, Bill? I was just reflecting. I think there's an interval between when you lose some of the naivete and innocence as a child, and it's all about getting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you reach whatever age it is that you are mature enough to realize the joy of giving. Yeah. And so I do think there is a space there where maybe it's less magical. But I'll, I'll again refer to my granddaughter since we all brought yeah, her up. Yeah, absolutely. To watch her open the gifts. I oh, mean, that's, yeah. You know, they're, they're true. I said this in a sermon a week or two ago that there's much more joy to me in giving than getting. Now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. I think you're right. There's a level of maturity that that you know. There's a there's a, like an independent in like a cocoon period where you lose the 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 naivete, the, the innocence, and then it's kind of like uh, Christmas. Yeah. And then and then you get to that place where you actually be the gift giver, right? And you're a place yeah. where you can actually do that. And there is more joy in giving, like picking out the perfect gift and giving that to somebody. That's a lot of fun, you know. Or even just picking out the right bicycle or doll or whatever for for your daughter or whoever, uh, and and knowing that that. The anticipation of having them open that too, right? Yeah, so it's not even yeah. just the moment, but it's like the oh man, she's gonna love this kind of thing. Yeah, that's um, that's true. You know, that's making me think about how much joy I have gotten about like having that with my mom. So picking out the gift for my mom, and I think there is a level of reciprocation there, right? Because she put so much energy for so long into making it so magical for me, and then it's like oh, you know, you get to then have that. It's like oh, I got to be old enough to go out and find you a gift, and I know you're gonna like it, right? Instead of just like the noodle necklace or you know whatever the drawing is, right? It's like noodle no, necklace. I think like you know, adult to adult, I think you might actually like this gift, you know. And that's that's you're right. Like there's a there's a cool feeling of that. Yeah. Well, you get to a point where you are the conveyor, you're the carrier of the traditions. Mm. Yeah. And what was important to you, you get to bring to the next generation. And I I think that's magical. Yeah. That is magical. And you were, you mentioned, Elizabeth, that that maybe that sense of loss that some some of us go through is this loss of tradition and then being able to then to reestablish or recreate or uh, even create new traditions that, that go from year to year. That is something that, you know, as we put these devotionals together every year, that's part of the tradition for Christmas for me. And I think for, mm-hmm. and it has become for some people here in Northside and always is grateful for that, that period of, you know, it, we, we talk about it mostly in terms of Advent, a period of preparation and expectation. And now we're here on Christmas Day um, and the anticipation's over and we're shifting now seasons from yeah. expectation to arrival, from, you know, anticipation to here we are. Um, how do we talk about that? How do we talk about the shift from Advent to to Christmas? I think part of the battle, and we talked about this in an earlier podcast, <laughs> is that because Christmas slips so much into Advent, that Advent is no longer just anticipation preparation, that yeah. by the time Christmas gets here, we're kind of christmas out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. I, you know, you get to the point where I don't want to hear Elvis sing Blue Christmas. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't want to do more shopping. Don't want to see more advertisements. Don't want to get five more L.L. Bean catalogs in the mail. <laughs> and yeah, you're done. You're, you're ready. Yeah. I mean, at our house, this probably goes against the spirit of the podcast. <laughs> that's all right. Typically, uh, the Christmas decorations come down December 26th. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but quick. we put them up, you know, two or three weeks right. before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense then. I, I have fears that the, the tree that I get, you know, for Christmas isn't going to last to December 25th, much right. less beyond mm. that. But um, 
Yeah, so you you've already so you you start a little earlier than I guess some people do as far as Christmas decorations and what and, and a lot later than some others do. So what uh, I'm hearing is that you don't believe in the Christian calendar. Is that what I'm hearing, <laughs> you Bill? <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> and I, I I think probably that's symptomatic of our culture. I really do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how yes. do you truly enjoy twelve days of Christmas other than, you know, it's the December of 26 now you're looking forward to the football playoffs right right no that's yeah. that's real which is more of the cultural calendar that's exactly right um that's exactly right and I think I well, and there's other ways to celebrate and and participate and observe 12 days of Christmas than Christmas decorations right I mean in fact part of the part of the 12 days could be ceremonially taking down your well that's your Christmas an, gifts. that is the 12th night tradition. yeah 12th night it's yeah. an old I think an old English tradition where they take down the ornaments on the 12th night of Christmas yeah, you know, in the South, it's bad luck if you have your Christmas tree up on January one. That's what I've heard. Oh. Before December thirty first. Oh wow! <laughs> mm-hmm. That's because wow. the South don't recognize Christmas or the Christian calendar. And I, I, you know, I didn't grow up with it. I mean, I didn't grow up with Advent yeah. either. So that's the one thing. Like one thing that I have truly, truly appreciated about getting into a liturgical and high church tradition, um, as we, as you know, a lot of Methodist churches are, and as Northside definitely is, is getting myself and my my view of the world kind of aligned with the Christian liturgy. The Christian liturgy, the Christian calendar, these things have become really important to me as stabilizing and ordering forces for me. We talked about how, you know, God brings order to chaos. This is one way in which I think the church follows suit with that, um, providing us a way to order time in, in a way that, that reflects our commitment and our faith to Jesus Christ. Um, and the 12 days of Christmas for me have become that over the past... I would say the past five years or so, yeah, I've really leaned into making sure that I'm I'm doing something every day that observes observes the, the the whatever day of Christmas it is, you know. And I've I've looked up stuff, you know, from old traditions or whatever, and say, well, this is what you're supposed to do on day eight, and this is what you're supposed to do on day five. Um, and eight I I don't, milking. yeah, I don't follow that kind of stuff. Five golden rings, but I do. <laughs> I looked up, by the way, I looked up, just in case we got to it today, I looked up what the price tag would be if you bought every single one of those gifts today what? in 2022 money. If you just buy them all one time, it's, it's $46,000 today. If you bought all of them every time they were mentioned, it's about $200,000. <laughs> so uh, that's an expensive 12 days of Christmas for whoever's getting all of those gifts. True love gave to me. True love must be Elon Musk. I don't know. Well, I couldn't tell you the day, but I do remember it clicking for me with the Christian calendar learning. I learned more about it in seminary. Mm-hmm. The church I grew up in practiced it to a certain extent yeah. in terms of changing pyramids, but it really clicked for me in seminary. And it was like, oh, 12 days of Christmas. Yeah, the song. That's a song, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard about this yeah, before. Right. I have over and over and over again. <laughs> exactly. I just didn't realize yeah. it. I had that exact same moment, yeah, when you're like, oh, that song's about something. Actually. And I do think the Christian year is important. It baptizes time. It, it yeah. takes Ooh, a I slow. like that. Yeah, it takes a secular calendar, and it. Yeah. Well, the church is. I mean, December twenty fifth. We took the holiday that was. Yeah. The winter solstice mm-hmm. and claimed it for our own. Sure. So we we do that all the time yeah, in, the, in the Christian faith. Yeah. Halloween Baptist. and All Saints Day would be another example. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Baptizing time. Hmm. That's beautiful. And it rehearses a story over and over yeah. again every year. Mm-hmm. And it's all. It's one of those things. I wonder. I like to think it's subliminal and seeps into people's souls, even if they don't go, oh, the pyramids changed to yeah. purple or green right, or yeah, white. Or yeah. And I do wonder, 
I think at Northside we do a fair job of noting the turning of the seasons, even in our contemporary service where mm-hmm. there are no yeah. pyramids that kind of cue that visually. But we may be missing out a little bit on how we educate people about that. Yeah. I know Michael Devine uh, is pretty good about not singing hymns, at least in traditional, that announce baby Jesus, right? Isn't I think I've heard him say that before. He tries. Right? He tries. He tries. <laughs> he, he might get a, he might get overruled here and there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but Michael, I think more so than maybe anybody else on staff is very um very tied to the liturgical calendar. Like yeah. we there's certain things you do and certain things you say and don't say uh right. during the season of Advent and during Christmas and then into Easter, you know, uh and Lent and all those things. But um yeah, I bet I bet he I bet he gets overruled. A little bit there every once in a while. I do think the 12 days of Christmas is a way for me. I believe that that terminology baptized time is is really helpful. It does take place over, you know, so we got, you got from uh, January, I'm sorry, you got from December 25th till January 5th. Uh, these 12 days and there's a lot that happens in the secular world particularly here in the south with the football schedule and everything and it can be hard i think uh it can be hard exhausting um uh distracting very difficult time to kind of keep in mind that i mean jesus deserves 12 days for his birthday doesn't he at oh, least yeah. 12 days right, right? Well, I think the other thing it does is gives you some grace time for those things you didn't get around to during December. Yeah, that's I wrote nice. a blog a couple, three weeks ago about observing an early Christmas because every year there are these things I want to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, to get ready for Christmas and yeah. set some time aside and have some margin and do this, this, and this, and then it's December 25th. Yeah. And so in some ways it's a gift. You yeah. got 12 more days. Yeah. Continue like to celebrate that. Christmas and figure yeah. out those things you didn't get to do, how you do do them now. That's a good word, especially for folks out there who are feeling like this season is chaotic and hectic. And, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked about this all throughout Advent, but um, we all do get rushed uh, during this season. Um, and then you do feel like you lose you lose the ability for this one moment because it has to be this one moment. You know, it's Christmas morning. It's not even right. like the rest of Christmas Day. Right. It's that one right. moment, <laughs> um, you know. And what's what's funny for me is is that 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 moment on Christmas morning, uh, which was very magical as a child, became less so as an adult. What I really find power in now is Christmas Eve, is the Christmas yes. Eve services that we have here at Northside yes. Church and, and the other services I've participated in my life. Um, particularly, I remember last year, one of the things that we did last year, um, and probably did this year, <laughs> uh, is is when we closed- We did last night. <laughs> Well, particularly what I find powerful is when we close out the Christmas Eve service, uh, that last one when it's dark outside with the the silent night, we have all, everyone has their candles, electronic candles or real candles, whichever one. It really is incredibly powerful um, reminder of the sacredness of that moment and what's happened, you know, and what's happened for us through Jesus Christ. Um, Bill, you've you've been here. This is going to be what your this I'm is in my your, sixth year. Yeah, so this has been wow. your sixth Christmas. Hard to believe, yeah. Um, has there been any moments here at Northside uh, as you've as you've experienced Christmas over the past uh, handful of years um, that have really stood out that have that have made you think something uh, you know special? Like, I mean, I know they're all special, right? But have there been any moments that have really stood out? Yes, James, there have been. (laughs) 
one of those moments was certainly how we did Christmas Eve worship during COVID. Mm. I mean, we pretty much had a machine going before COVID in terms of how do you do Christmas Eve at Northside. Yeah. You have the children's services, you have contemporary, you have traditional, you do communion, you have the animals. And for those, especially those two years in 20 and 21, when we had to so dramatically shift and did the Christmas experience uh, the day or two Mm -hmm. before Christmas and then socially distancing and registering and on the one hand, it really stretched us to do things differently, but because it got us out of the routine, I, for me at least, it helped me focus more on the content. Yeah, that's good. That's a good word. That's a really good word. Um, it, it, and we see, I mean, that's like the theme of a lot of Christmas movies, right? Is that something uh, catastrophic or dramatic happens and it makes people rethink um, rethink the true meaning of Christmas or whatever, right? You leave your kid at home, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's home alone, and now all of a sudden we got to rethink the Christmas. Or terrorists take over the Nakatomi Plaza, and then you got to rethink what Christmas is, right? Right. So you know, or you know, or you, or, or your your uncle has lost eight thousand dollars, and now you got to rethink <laughs> the meaning of Christmas. So there's a lot of different things. Or three ghosts come visit you yeah, on Christmas, right? Yeah, there we go. All, so that that is a common theme within Christmas. I think that that um, it's a little bit of chaos. Maybe a little bit of of ordered chaos, if that's a there's a oxymoron for you, right? This little yeah. bit of or, ordered chaos that punctures through our kind of routine, right? So that it reminds us that that this thing that's happening, this birth that's happening, is always happening. Like this is a thing that is an ongoing presence in our life, not just a one time event. And then it makes this huge promise uh, for for what's going to happen in the future. You know what's going to happen when Christ comes back. Um, that's a powerful, I think the COVID, the COVID uh, time, we'll say, uh, the COVID days, as I call it, uh, uh, had that effect. I definitely did. I think I had the same kind of experience yeah. that we had to rethink and redo things. And it made you think about maybe more what's on the important. content of yeah. what's important. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy being at the church on Christmas Eve. I was a little cranky about it the first time I had to work Christmas Eve, <laughs> just to be totally honest. And then it, it, the spirit of it, it really is delightful. I mean, you know, people are just so happy and joyful. And it's that kind of like what you're talking about, James, that, um, you know, my church growing up, we did midnight candlelight services. And, yeah. and I remember the first time I went, I fell asleep on the pew because I was young, right? A little, and then, then you get older and you learn how to appreciate it. Um, and it is just it is a really magical yeah. experience. And I think that for me, just like you said, like there was magic and joy in that, that kind of, um, not replaced, but you know, that took over from that, you know, the Santa Claus Christmas experience. Yeah. Um, and so being here and seeing that and getting to be a part of that and serving people on Christmas Eve, um, that has meant a lot to me. And it's something I find myself being like, Oh, well, no, I, I do actually want to be here. Like, I don't, I don't want to miss that. You know, yeah, I mean, you're tired. Absolutely. It's a lot of work, but you know, it's, I, I want to experience this. It's, it's what we do. It's one of the most important things that we've got. So. But Christmas in particular and just church life in general, those of us who work in life, the church have to guard against it becoming so normalized right. and such a part of our job that we yeah. don't recognize the meaning. I recall when I was a teenager back from, college, I worked at Richway, which neither one of you have probably ever heard of. It was kind of like Target, but worked there for the Christmas season. And yeah. everybody ought to work retail during Christmas oh, at some Lord. point in their life. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah, just, it just squeezes every bit of joy out of oh, it. I can't sad. imagine. And I do, and I will say, 
maybe confess that yeah. I recall at the end of last Christmas Eve, I don't remember how many services we had, but it was a bunch. When we got to the final one, it was like, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, baby Jesus. That was Jesus. a prayer. Yeah, thank yeah. you, baby Jesus. Eight pounds, two ounces. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was the last Christmas Eve service because we've been getting you born all day. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. and so, yeah, I think for, especially for those of us who like yeah. the church, it's, it's one thing to come in and worship and that hour is magical. Yeah. It's another thing when you're doing your sixth service right. and you're going, right. yeah, this doesn't feel as magical <laughs> as it did. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's that's totally true and fair. I do remember, like, I, this will be my eighth or ninth Christmas here at Northside, mm-hmm. and I do remember, like, the first Christmas that it was, I was kind of like you, I was annoyed that I had to be here for yeah. all day or whatever, um, and I wanted to be at a different church or whatever for Christmas uh, Eve, and, but after that first experience, like, I look forward to it. It, it, yeah. is, it is my favorite day of the year as far as here at Northside. It's Christmas Eve. Just mm-hmm. people coming in and and you're right, it does get you get toward the end of the of the shift or whatever. And you're like, oh man, we did that a lot. And I can't yeah. even build for you and, and for pastors in general. It's right. it's even more so. Um but every wave that comes in, every wave of new Northside people come in and bring in that cheer, you know, and try to just absorb that and, and you really get to cool. see people that you know maybe you haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. It really is it really is like magical, mystical even. It's it's really cool. And that's something too I think that I appreciate um, about just the world at this time of year where I think that there's a little bit of that um, – a little bit of that, I guess, Christian joy that seeps into the secular world. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, you don't hear people saying Merry Christmas anymore. We could do the happy holidays. We want to be respectful. Um, but, you know, you, you, there's just that that joy and people just seem to be a little bit nicer. People are a little bit more jolly. And yeah. it's just I love that in this time of year. It's it's I don't know. It's a it makes me have faith in humanity when you see that. It's <laughs> good. So our theme for, you know, talking about, uh, you were talking about how this, this season kind of brings a little bit of that Christian joy into the secular world. Our theme for the next 12 days for the, for the, in the, in the devotional, as we continue through the 12 days of Christmas is how the word of God has been planted with us. And one of the things that John reminds us of is that everything that has come into being came into being through the word of God, which means to me, at least a little bit, that a little bit of the word of God is imprinted on everything. Right there's a little bit of Jesus imprinted on everything, so this is a, a a season when we can be reminded of that, right? With that joy that that yeah. that comes out of people, because that is part of what it means to be created in the image of God. And there's something you can't you can't the world can try to fight it, and people can deny it, but at the end of the day, we're all created in that image, and there's going to be a little bit of it that seeps out, right? Even if you don't even be, even if you say you don't believe in God it doesn't mean that you weren't created by God, right? And that there's this image of God and this word of God that seeps out. And I, I'd like, this is a, like a, this is a season where that happens. Yeah. And I think it's good. It's that, uh, you have to help me with the reference, but the whole creation groaning. Oh yeah. Romans, like Romans eight, maybe all of creation groans there for the go. children of God to be revealed. There we go. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. <laughs> if I told you, you wouldn't learn yourself. <laughs> See, just like just like God in the garden trying That's to teach right. Adam. That's right. It's a slow process. It's a slow process. Slow I'm, I'm just painful. always reaching. I'm reaching for the fruit. I want the fruit. Give me the answer. I don't need the lesson. <laughs> right. Um, 
Bill, as we as we finish up here today, do you have a any fine? You know, you just we just went through all the Christmas services and everything, but do you have a final Christmas word or encouraging word for the twelve days of Christmas ahead for the people of Northside? I'm going to repeat a message I've shared on multiple platforms in different times. In the midst of the Christmas season is New Year's. Yeah. And New Year's is a time of resolutions, which in the church we kind of baptize yet again and make it not resolutions, but repentance. Yeah. And we're going to turn yeah, away good. from one thing and turn towards another. And the thing that we've emphasized over and again this fall at Northside is the importance of presence. We mm-hmm. talked about Christmas presence throughout yeah. uh, the Advent series. I would really challenge our church people, how is the new year going to look different in their lives in terms of how they engage in church? That's good. Because we are truly forming habits that are going to affect us and our families. Yeah. And if we do not make a commitment to do something different, to be present, to be truly involved in the life of the church, prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness, I have real concerns about how that's going to affect people's spiritual health. Yeah. And so I would encourage people in the midst of Christmas, as they're watching the Bulldogs on Christmas Eve and yeah. making New Year's resolutions, think about Jesus. Think, <laughs> think about, about the Jesus. church. Yeah. God with us. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you, Bill, for joining us today. Elizabeth, thank you. And guys, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Northside. Each and every one.